Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. The study of Romans chapter 6, God looked at us, and He must look at us this way. You know why? Because had He not looked at us through Christ, through the Mashiach, through the Messiah, He would have never could forgive our sins. See, God look at you and I, and He sees us exactly as He sees Yeshua, His beloved Son, the Messiah. Perfect, white as snow, clear cut. Positionally, God looks at us and he says, I see Gideon, I see any one of us, I see you in the Messiah. Otherwise, how we could ever enter into heaven? If God see one speck of sin in us, he would have never allowed us to enter into his presence. Because sin can never enter into the presence of God. Habakkuk, you remember what he says? Thou art of a purer eye than to behold iniquities, and cannot look upon sin. And so, he looks at us, he sees us as pure, he sees us as we have completely, without any sin, and we have to see things the way God sees things about ourselves. And so Paul began here with the thought of knowing it in our mind. And that's why he says in the first verse, there is a question. And the question is like this. It's somebody might ask us and we might even ask ourselves. What shall we say then in verse 1? Shall we continue in sin that God's grace may abound more and more and more towards us? See, this question is truly can be asked. Well, God showed me grace. God forgave my sins and he made me clean and he showed so much abundance grace upon me and he had given me more grace and more grace. So, if you have given me so much more grace, why shouldn't I continue sinning? So God show me more grace. I'll sin and he show me more grace. I'll continue to sin and he will show me more grace. Now I want you to understand, it says, shall we continue in sin? What does it mean? Shall we live a life of ongoing, continual sin? Of course, we know that we sin. It's one thing to sin. It's another thing to live a continual, ongoing sin. You know, when somebody lives a continual, ongoing sin without self-judgment, without confession, you might ask the question. Was that person really a child of God from the beginning on? Was that person really receive a new life, a new birth, if he or she live an ongoing, continual, habitual sin? The question may be asked. And so the answer, of course, that Apostle Paul gives us to that particular question in verse 1, he says, he says in verse 2, he says, God forbid, may it never be, he says in verse 2, and then he said, how shall we that have died to sin live any longer therein? 
See, the answer is very clearly by Shaul, by the Apostle Paul. He gives us a clear answer. He says, listen, don't you, he says, in verse 2, he says, God forbid, he says, how shall we, and notice he uses including himself, here it says in the King James that are dead to sin, but it's better to say that have died. It's a past tense. It's already happened the moment that we have accepted Yeshua, the Messiah, we have died to sin. This is a positional truth that has happened to us the moment we have accepted Yeshua the Messiah. We have died to sin. So he says to them, God forbid. May it never be, he said. He says, how shall we that have died to sin live any longer than we now? Notice he used the word live. In other words, have an ongoing habitual lifestyle. You know, when a person became a believer in the Messiah, there ought to be a change in his or her life. We cannot say, I believed in Jesus, in Yeshua the Messiah, accepted him as my Lord and Savior, and carry on life as if nothing happened. You know, it couldn't be. It's not possible. You know why it's not possible? Because the Holy Spirit of God have come to take residence in the person who believed in Yeshua the Messiah as his Lord and Savior. And there got to be a change in our lives. There got to be a proof and evidence that something has happened in this person's life. All of a sudden we desire to read the Bible. All of a sudden we desire to pray and to give thanks to the Lord. All of a sudden we desire to gather together with other believers and to hear the word of God. All of a sudden we want to speak about Yeshua. We want to talk about Him. Things have happened. There is a change in the life of the believer. That's what we learn here. How, he said, how shall we that have died to sin live a habitual, ongoing lifestyle in the way that we have used to live in the past? Things have changed. Things are different. And Apostle Paul saying to them and to those who might object to that or might ask the question, we can continue in sin because, you know, grace may abound, you know. God can show us more grace so we can live a lifestyle of sin. And the Apostle Paul says, not at all. Not at all. And that's, you know, when unbelievers sometimes telling us as believers, they ask us this question. says, what do you think? If you just say, I believe in you, Jesus, and your sins are forgiven, and you can go and do what you want? Well, the answer is right here. Not at all. Not at all. There is a change in the life of the one who has accepted Yeshua, our Lord, as his Lord and Savior. And so, in the first two verses, the question have been asked, and the answer is that, you know, he says, look, how we have died to sin. What does that mean, we have died to sin? It means that when we have accepted the Lord, sin in its principle, we have died to it. By the way, you notice he doesn't say that sin died, but we died to it. Because sin and the sin nature is still existing, it's still alive. But we, as believers in the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, died to it positionally when we have accepted our blessed Lord Jesus, the Messiah. And so now, notice in the next verses, verses 3, 4, and 5, Paul gives us an illustration and explains this to us with this illustration. He illustrates this in baptism. Now remember, brothers and sisters, that the Bible speaks about baptism in many ways, in more than one way. We often think about baptism, we think of water baptism. But baptism simply means in the Hebrew, as well, baptizo in the Greek, tvila in Hebrew. It simply means to be put under. It simply means to be identified with. 
And so sometimes baptism speaks about water baptism. When we go under the water, we are put under. Sometimes it speaks about spirit baptism, where we have been baptized, put under the authority of God, put into the body of Messiah by the Holy Spirit, when we have accepted the Lord. Even the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, spoke about baptism. He said, I have a baptism to be baptized, and how I am straightened, getting ready for it. He's speaking about the suffering that he was going to suffer on the tree when he was going to die for us. Here in this passage, the thought is not so much water baptism, neither so much the suffering, the baptism that the Messiah had to suffer, but here the thought of baptism here had to do with the Spirit of God's work in our hearts, in our lives, when we have accepted Yeshua, our Lord and our Messiah, as our Lord and Savior, He baptized us. He put us under a different sphere and authority of our blessed Lord Jesus the Messiah. In fact, we have been placed under the headship of Christ, of the Messiah, like we used to be under the headship of Adam in our flesh and in our old nature. And so what we are learning here from verses 3 to 5, that Paul illustrated these truths of us dead to sin through the word baptism. The believer is united with the Messiah by the Spirit of God. Now turn with me for a moment to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13, if you will please. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13. When Paul is speaking about the body of Christ, the body of Messiah, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he tells us this very important truth that we learn here. He says in verse 13, For by one Spirit, notice that's the Holy Spirit of God, we are all, these all believers, every one of us here that is a child of God, and all believers everywhere in this world, we are all, as it says here, being baptized into one body. Notice he used the word baptism here, or baptize. Let me change the wording a little bit here, verse 13 again. For by one Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, all believers have been put under or placed into the body of Messiah. The head is in heaven, Yeshua himself is the head. The body is all believers who are under his headship, under his lordship, under his authority. That's what we learn here from this verse. And then it says whether we are Jewish or whether we are Gentiles. Whether we are slaves or whether we are free. Whether we are, in other places, talk a male or female. And then so we have all been made to drink into that one Holy Spirit of God. Very clear. So you notice now from this verse that baptism here has to do with being put under, put into, into the one body that have a head in heaven who is our Lord and our Master and He is in control over all those that have accepted Yeshua the Messiah as their Lord and Savior. And so now I'm back to Romans chapter 6 and verses 3 to 5. He gives us the illustration of baptism where he says in verse 3, Don't you know that so many of us as were baptized unto Jesus the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, were baptized unto or into his death? You see what happened. When we have accepted the Lord Yeshua the Messiah, when we became children of God, when we became believers, 
We have been put into a body of Messiah where all the believers identify with the death of our blessed Lord Jesus the Messiah. Now we ask ourselves the question, and we all know the answer, why we identify with his death? Well, why did he die? Why did Yeshua have to die? I had a conversation, a very interesting conversation with individuals, even on my trip here, of the importance of the death of the Messiah. We identify with his death. As it says here in verse 3, we have been placed into Jesus the Messiah. We were identified, we were baptized into his death. Why did he have to die? Well, you know why he had to die. So you and I will never need to die eternally. He had to die so he will bear the punishment that I and you deserve to receive from God because of our sins. That's why. So when we identify with his death, we acknowledge that his death was for to deal with the question of sin. And when Jesus died, you and I died. When Jesus suffered and he was judged by God, our sins, our judgment were placed upon him. We died with him. We died in him. That was really happening. By the way, here we are talking about spirit baptism. But what do you remember when we are doing water baptism? We do the very same thing, just externally. We have a brother or a sister that just accepted the Lord Jesus the Messiah in their life, and they want to live for the Lord. But they want to tell it to everybody else. So the Lord provided a ritual. What's the ritual? Is water baptism. Which means that they are publicly saying to the people that watch them, When I go into the water, I died with the Messiah. And we put them under the water. Different sphere. And then they said, I want to live a new life. I want to live a life for the Lord. We bring them out of the water. It speaks of life again, resurrection. So they can live in a newness of life, in a different type of life. That's what we are really saying. And that's why water baptism is an expression, external expression of what really happened inside our hearts when we have accepted our blessed Lord Yeshua the Messiah. And so he's saying, don't you know, verse 3 in Romans chapter 6, that as many of us as were baptized, identify or put under into Jesus, into the headship of the Messiah, we were baptized unto his death. You know what God wants to see here that we often fail in it? God wants to see Christ, the Messiah, live his life through us. Not that I live, not that you live, but that the Messiah live, Christ live his life through the believer. It is amazing. You know, sometimes we make the mistake and we say, you know, I want to live the Christian life or the Messianic or the Meshichi, the life of the Messiah, and I want to live it, you know. I want to live it. But you know, the truth of the matter is that it's not that you and I are going to live that life, but that the Messiah will live his life through the believer. That's what really happened. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, Paul said, I am crucified with the Messiah. I am dead with the Messiah. Nevertheless, I live, but not I, he says. Yet not I, but the Messiah lives in me. That's what we learn here. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. 
That's what Paul is teaching us in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. It's a different, it's a life of the Messiah living through us. And you know, when we see a brother or sister that living for the Lord here in this world, we can see the testimony in their life. We can see their behavior. We can see how they speak and how they behave and how they conduct themselves. And we can definitely can say that the Messiah lived through these people. That's what happened here. They died into Christ, into the Messiah, so that his life will be evident in our life. That's what we really see here as we learn from these verses. And I hope I make it clear. And believe me, even if I don't make it clear, if we really want to learn those truths, these are positional, real truths that happen to us when we have accepted the Lord Jesus. By the way, even if we don't grasp it enough here, the truth of what we learn here still remain intact. So, Paul is telling, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized unto Yeshua the Messiah were baptized into his death. And now, in verse 4 and 5, he shows us that baptism, here he said to us, speaks of death, burial, and resurrection, which demand or shows us that there is a different of life that we are to live. And so in verse 4, he said, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism, this is verse 4, into death, that like as the Messiah was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in a different kind of life, in a newness of life. Remember, when Yeshua died, he died, but he didn't stay dead. He rose from among the dead. And we are like him as we died in him. We died with him. And just like he rose from among the dead, we also should live a life, what we call a resurrection life, with a resurrection power, the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Now, Many times we have to confess we are not living this type of life. And the reason that we don't live this kind of life is because we have allowed the flesh to have control over our life. We have allowed the old nature to have supremacy, to have control, to become stronger than what we know as the new nature, the new man. And so the Apostle Paul is definitely showing this to us here in these verses. So he says, therefore we are buried with him by baptism, verse 4, into his death, that just like as the Messiah was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, we, even so, we also should walk, notice the word walk, it's applied now to a practical walk, we are to walk in newness of life. And verse 5 tells us, For if or since we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Do you remember what we learned in chapter 5, when we have studied chapter 5 of the book of Romans, that by one man sin entered into this world, and this sin have been passed to all, for all have sinned. You see, when we were born into this world, we identify with Adam. We were not in the Garden of Eden. I was not. You were not in the Garden of Eden 6,000 years ago. And yet Adam's sin have passed to you and I. Adam's disobedience passed to you and I. We disobey. Adam's, all what Adam have done, it passed to us. For some reason, we get up in the morning with our old nature and we desire to live a life that is sinful. Nobody trained us to live a sinful life. 
Even babies, our own children, when they were born, we never taught them to sin. We never took them to a course, three years course, or five years course. Listen, from year zero to year five, I'm going to teach you how to disobey. We never done that, right? They are professionally disobeying. They don't need to be taught. They have the evidence of their Adamic nature in them, like myself, like yourself. But something happened when we became a believer in Yeshua, the Messiah. We also now received or identified or planted together in the likeness of the Messiah also. Let me put it in another way or in a way that somebody put it before. He put it like this. If we cannot stop sinning because our identity with Adam... We also cannot stop living a godly life because our identity with the Messiah. You see that? Very clear. We have two headships. Adam, Yeshua. The first man, the second man. The first Adam, the last Adam. And we have identified with this man by the name of Yeshua as the federal head of all those that have accepted him. So we need to know that, beloved brothers and sisters, in our mind. You don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to be a lawyer. You just simply have to accept the truth that we learn here from Romans chapter 6. Every believer needs to know that he died to sin when he became a child of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 say it simply this way. Therefore, if any man be in the Messiah, in Christos, in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. That's what happened. Now, I know it is positionally, and we often fail in it practically, but never mind this. We need to learn this in our minds. We need to know it and accept it, what it says in the Word of God. So, we learn here that the first thing we are to know, verses 1 to 5, is that we died to sin. Secondly, in the next verses, verses 6 to 10, every believer needs to know that we should no more serve sin. We should no longer allow sin to be our master, our Lord. We should no longer do that, or we should no longer allow that. Look at the next verses, 6 to 10. And now notice he gives us the reason, first of all. Now again, he used the word knowing, you see. In verse 3, he says, know ye not. Now in verse 6, again, he used the word to know. And so in verse 6, he says, knowing this. I want you to know this fact in your mind, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, with the Messiah, with Yeshua, that the body of sin might be rendered inactive or destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. It's interesting that he used the word old men. You know, if you have an old man, that means that there is a new man. The old man has to do with our sin nature. The new man has to do with the divine, godly nature that we have. Now, I know there's one brother whom I listened to his message, and he says, I don't agree with the many Christians who teach that we have two natures. He says, actually, we really have only one nature, even though two natures are active, but we actually have only one nature. The believer looked by God 
as if he is a new creation. He has one nature. The old one is not considered. On one way, it's true. We do. God looks at us. He looks at us as he sees the Messiah. He looks at you and he sees the Messiah through you. He looks at me and he sees the Messiah through us. He sees us as we are in the Messiah. New creation. Everything has passed away. Remember we read in 2 Corinthians 5.17, All things have passed away. Finished. But we also need to recognize in reality that, yeah, while it is true that all things are passed away and all become new, 2 Corinthians 5.17, and yet, experientially, we know the truth that we do have two men, two natures. The old nature is Adamic nature. With this old man, this old nature, I have committed every sin under the sun, and you as well. Lying, coveting, lustful, pride. All the sins that we can imagine, the new nature can never sin. Because this is a divine nature. That's the nature that God had given to us when he had placed within us the Holy Spirit of God when we have accepted Yeshua, our Messiah. That nature cannot sin and will not sin. So every time you and I do something wrong in our life, we know who did it. It's the old nature. It's the Adamic nature. I remember the story that I told you that somebody said before about a boy that went to court, stood before the judge, and because he had done something wrong, the policeman caught him and brought him into the court, and he was standing before the judge, and the judge was saying to him, you know, he was telling him, did you have done that? And this person happened to be a believer in Yeshua the Messiah, and he had two natures. He says, judge, this wrong was not me, it was this man, it was the old man that did it. The new man didn't do it. The judge, he was wise. He says, well, we will not punish the new man. We'll punish only the old man, the one who did it. But since you have both natures, we'll take both of them and put them in jail. Because both natures are still within us. So we know very well. We always excuse ourselves and we say, that's the old man did it. That's the old nature did it. But here Paul is saying to us, clearly, knowing that the old man died or crucified, speaks of death, crucified with the Messiah. Why it died? It was crucified with the Messiah in order that the body of sin might be rendered inactive. The King James says destroyed, meaning that it will be rendered, considered inactive. And henceforth we should not serve sin. See what he is really saying? That the old man, this is the Adamic nature that we had, the old man. This old man is crucified with the Messiah. As far as God looks at this old man, he's dead. Good for nothing. Crucified. Why? Because the old nature moved about the members of our body, as it says here, that the body of sin moved about our bodies to do all kind of things. All kind of things we have done with our hands, with our eyes, with our ears, with our mouth, with our feet, with every member of our body. That's called the body of sin. That God wanted this body of sin will be rendered inactive. He, this body of sin will no longer be active in wrongdoing. You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, 
Write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0. Or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom.